Hebrews chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. It's the entire chapter, so I'm going to read a, a couple of passages of Scripture, then I'm going to pray and have you to be seated, then I'll finish the rest. Hebrews chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, and it reads, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly call, calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of your confession, of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. Skipping down to verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Father, we thank you now. That Lord, we pray that you be glorified in this service tonight. That Father, you get all out of us what you've already put in us. And Father, now use me mightily. In the mighty matchless name of Jesus, I do pray, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to continue to read that, starting back with verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Hmm. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who having heard rebel? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses Feel, fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that he would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. What an indictment. Title of tonight's message is Remember Today. Remember Today. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is today. Yesterday was, today is. This is the day. And when we understand what we have in a day, we understand what God has given us. So while we're banking on tomorrow, while we're still crying about yesterday, don't miss the present that God has given you in today. Now, my mother, most of you know, my mother passed away about two years ago. And I was the one, I did the eulogy. But during that time that my mother was diagnosed with dementia, uh, it was a hard thing because that meant the reality for my family shifted. 
that the mother that we used to know that would cook, that would clean, that would be there to, to tell us everything was going to be all right through her rights, through her wrongs, would no longer be in the right frame of mind. So that meant that any time that we went to see her, me and my family, that we would travel down to see her, which was almost a two-hour drive, that I didn't know exactly what I was going to get. So when we, would, when we would go, it would be like an adventure. And my wife would always be the encouraging one. She would always tell me, you got to go see your mom. Just be strong. I know it's hard, but you got to go see your mom. Because in her debilitated state, I didn't want to see her in that state. I wanted to remember her as she was. But the God that I serve wouldn't let me stay away because he says, I need you to see something through what she's carrying right now. I need you to understand what she's going through, not for you to fear that it may come on you, but that you may go with her through this and you can see something. So when we would go in, I would know or judge how, what type of day it was going to be when I walked in is she looked up and she said, my baby. To my exuberant response, my mama. Then at that moment, my mindset was, Today, we're going to enjoy the moment. Are y'all with me? So what I had to make sure of is that my tears of thinking that this disease is going to take her out, my tears of remembering how she used to be and no longer is that way and can no longer do for herself had to be put on hold while I enjoyed the moment. Some of us have been going through too much trauma in the past. We're fearful of our future that we can't enjoy the moment that we're in. So what happens is you forfeit the present that God has given you for today and you are trying to go back and change your past or trying to predict your future. Now, let me tell you something. I saw a bumper sticker on the way here and the bumper sticker says, prayer changes everything. I got a disagreement with that. Hold on, it got quiet for a minute. <laughs> prayer does not change your past. Whatever X you were, you're still that X. Whatever former you were, you're still that former. So you got to understand while you're praying for God to go back and exonerate your past, you got to understand that your past is what brought you to the present. But if you're not careful in your present, if you're so focused on the past, you're going to go right back to it. Because you got to be mindful in this day of where God has placed you and what God is doing in your life. Now, from the scripture, we can see the writer of Hebrews, he goes back and he's comparing Moses to Jesus. And he's telling the story of what Moses was in his house as Jesus is in his house. So the story goes back to the time of the Israelites being in slavery. Now, when Moses got the call from God and Moses is standing there in front of that burning bush, getting his orders from God, he didn't have time to think about, I murdered somebody, I ran away, I, I stutter, I got all these other issues. Only thing he could do was in that moment was pay attention to what was going on. 
The Bible says that he would even look to the sides to try to see why wasn't this bush being consumed. But in the same moment, he was in the moment. Don't miss your moment because you're still grieving over your past. Can I tell you something? The trick of the enemy is a, a memory. The enemy, all he has is replays. Let me say that again. All the enemy has is replays and reruns. Y'all know how all these streaming services now making money off just showing reruns and you'll sit there and you'll watch Good Time. You'll sit there and watch the Jeffersons all day long and you remember every line. I can't understand that, but you remember every line and with every line you sitting there repeating it. And I'm going, if you already know the story, why are you watching it again? But the enemy said, I got something here. They like watching reruns. So all I'm going to have to do is just show them a replay of what they used to be. And then their mindset will go back to those days. If their mind goes back to the replay of what they used to be, they're not going to be focused on where God is trying to get them to be. thought about it long and hard I could see my mama lying in a casket I could see no more greetings from her no more being called my baby but I could not let that terror stop me from enjoying what I had right now I remember one time when she was no longer verbal and she was laying in the bed. And I thank God for my wife because my wife said, go and just sit beside her. And so I went in the room and I sat down beside her and she was just breathing funny. And then in that moment, my dad came in and he was like, he couldn't take it. He's about to go out and I grabbed him. I said, no. I said, daddy, we thank God because she's still here. I said, so let's enjoy the moment while she's still here. In that moment, I got the revelation of what God was saying to me. You're too concerned about putting her in the ground. You're too concerned about the old things you used to do with her no longer being present that you have already missed the moment that you're in. Don't let anybody put you or your loved ones in the grave before it's time. Enjoy them while they're here. I thank God for my, for my kids that God has blessed us with, but I can truly say the older they got, I saw something in them that I did not want to see. I saw me. Now y'all, y'all might be fake. I'm, I'm being serious. I saw me in them. So I began to get worried. So I was trying to hurry them through that phase so they could come back into the church and we can enjoy life together now. But I had to realize they had to go through the same thing that I went through because I didn't teach them about what I went through. 
No, 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 don't, don't clap on that because this is a conviction. I want to tell you something right here. The reason why our children out there doing the thing that we're ashamed of right now is because we never taught them any better. So they're out there trying to feel their way through this thing and you sitting there with your head covered. That's not my child. That's not my child. Yes, it is. And that's a replay of your life. taking my time. I only got three points, but listen, I, we just experienced this in my hometown that, that, uh, some of the members, they got a chance to come down when my mom passed to my hometown. My hometown is one traffic light and two stop signs. That's it. You good water, but good water with one traffic light and two stop signs and one restaurant sometimes had a murder, had a murder. And now we're looking at that murder and we're wondering what's going on. But I'm looking at the generation that I came through and say it started with us. We were the generation that was pulling the guns. We were the generation that did no longer want to fight. We were the generation that started it and now we are gone. Hold on tight. It'll get better in a minute. But we got to address something because if you don't address the past evils, I promise you they'll run ahead of you. So now through this murder, we're starting to see where did this all originate from? And it originated from because nobody told the next generation about the God that they discovered in their later years. Now, Hebrews, Moses, Jesus, when the writer brings it back to our remembrance, he wanted us to see what Moses had went through. Moses was to lead the people out. But this was the thing. Moses asked God, who shall I say sent me? And God says, I am. Moses said, okay. God goes on a little bit further. God says, tell them I am that I am sent you and I will be with you. So we think when we hear the name Yahweh, that that was just another made up name. But if you look at it in the original text, it went from God talking about himself in first person to Moses repeating back to him in third person that I am is with me. So when Moses would use Yahweh or the children of Israel, what they were saying is that we got what you said, God, in that moment that you are and that you are with us. And so now we say he is and he's with us. So they had that part down, but the problem that they had was when they went from slavery to freedom that their mind was still trapped. You can never get anybody out of bondage until you take their mind out of bondage. When you free their mind, you free them. You think just because the body's out, you've done something. No, baby, we got to go through rehab because we got to be able to free your mind. Because if we don't free your mind, you'll still be sleeping in, in a six by nine. You'll still be sleeping on the floor. You'll still be doing pull-ups in your cell because you are not free. 
But when you get free, what can you do with that? The mindset is so powerful that if the mind ever detects pain, it will send out sensory to that, that part of the body to tell the body, hey, we got a problem here and I need all hands on deck to be able to heal it. The problem is we don't give our body what it needs to heal. Even though the mind is saying, I got to heal this part of the body, but we don't give it what it needs. That's what the children of Israel were because God was giving them everything they need, but they thought they didn't need God because they were still in a slave mindset. Okay. Point number one, inability to face reality gives way to irrational thoughts that lead to regrettable decisions. Inability to face reality gives way to irrational thoughts that lead to regrettable decisions. <laughs> it is necessary to unfold the history to extract the understanding when they came out of Egypt and had completed a long journey and had received innumerable proofs of the power of God. They determined to send spies into the land that God had already given them. Follow me along. Now, you just saw God part the Red Sea. You just saw God drown your enemies. You just saw when you didn't have a water, God turned a rock into a fountain. You just saw manna rain down from heaven. But when God says, this is your land, you say, we need to send spies. Are y'all following me? It was their land. But they were so afraid of going in that they voted, let's send 12 spies in to look at the land to see if we're able to take what God gave us. Let me try saying that again. God gives you a house and you hire somebody to go and look at the house and see is it okay. God gives you a bank account full of money and you hire an accountant to go and count the money for you to see if it's okay. Because we don't understand when God gives us something, it's without reproach, it's without repentance. That God gives us the power to get the wealth and we don't have to look over our shoulder to wonder if he's going to take it back. Because God said, I've given it to you. But when you got a mindset of fear... You got to vote about whether or not you're going to do it. You got to post it on Facebook to see everybody's opinion. How many likes will I get about this? Y'all, I'm thinking about buying a new car. What do y'all think? Why are you asking people that don't have money to make the payment? I'm sorry. I'm I'm on social media. I like social media. Social media got its place. But it just bugs me to no end when somebody's trying to make a decision on Facebook. That tells me that you don't trust in the God that you say that you trust in. Because if I got to get a vote from Facebook to find out whether or not I should take the land, he gave me the land, baby. I'm finna take it whether you like it or not. The next thing you know, I'm posting a picture. tell you how to really get folks post picture of what God has blessed you with but don't put no caption 
Let them go and feed. It'll word them all. I'm telling y'all. You post a picture of how God bless you and you just post it on social media and don't put a post, a, a, a caption under it. Why? It's going to word them to death. They're going to call you the next day. Y'all laughing, but it's no, y'all know it's true. Some of y'all been victim that. What is this? What's, what's she done done now? And you'll secretly, I ain't gonna like it because I really don't know what it is. And you'll wait till you run into him and be like, girl, I, I like what you posted, but what is that? If you gotta explain your blessing to somebody else, baby, you don't need to talk to them. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm blessed in, in my job and what I do. And so we were out one time and we were test driving a vehicle, a new vehicle. And you could tell people they were walking by and they were. And they didn't want to ask. They wanted me to just volunteer. I know they looking, but I'm sorry, y'all. It's still, I'm, I'm like, Apostle Long, it's still 2%. So I just, keep, I just keep doing what I'm doing. I know you're looking. I know you want to know, but even if I explain it to you, will you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes I use that as evangelism too, because when they come to me, before I tell them what this is, I tell them how good God is. Now, if you can sit there long enough to listen about how good my God is, then I'll tell you what this is. But if you can't listen to that, then you don't need to know what that is either. Okay. They now, the children of Israel, they send the spies out. They, they now view themselves as grasshoppers in the eyes of the ones that were temporarily holding the land for them. In other words, the owners of the property now see themselves smaller than the renters. How somebody occupying your stuff and you go in there and say they're greater than we are. So they had the mindset that even though God has given this to me, I still don't believe it's mine. Has God ever blessed you so, so amazingly that you just couldn't believe that this is my life? This is my thing. This is, this is my boo. This is my whatever it is. You can't even believe it yourself. But the thing about it is, don't start doubting in the middle of the blessing. Whenever you start doubting and God has blessed you in something, it'll become torment to you. God blessed us one time when we were stealing that, 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 that one traffic light, two stop sign, two stop sign city with a vehicle. And I was ashamed of the blessing because nobody was riding like that at the time. So when we would see people, normally in Coosie County, we throwing up our hands at everybody. We don't care if we know you're not, we throwing up our hands. But when I was driving that, it became torment to me and, and torture because I didn't want anybody to know it was me because I didn't know how they were going to react. And once I got delivered from that, then God said, now I can start pouring blessings into your life that you don't have room enough to receive. But first I got to deliver you from a slave mentality that you worried about what master going to think about what I blessed you with. 
They now show an inability to face reality and make an irrational decision by conceding their ownership over Tyrannus, all because they could not recall to mind the former blessing. The children of Israel, you just went through all that and you can't even recall in your mind how well God has blessed you. That you think that God is trying to set you up with something that you got to send spies in. And even when they go in, they come back. And even though two got a good report, you're going to believe the 10 because you're saying we're not ready for this yet. And the truth be told, they were not ready for it because their mindset could, their mindset could not uh, conceive going into a land that was already flowing with milk and honey. You didn't have to slave over it. You didn't have to plan anything. Everything was already ready for you. And now it's yours and you can't believe it because your mindset hadn't been delivered yet. All they had to do was recall the blessing of the Lord. Instead, they start replaying slavery. Oh, that we would have died in Egypt. Oh, why has God brought us out here to die in this wilderness? Oh, we can't even get water. Oh, the water is not even sweet. Oh, we don't have bread. What is this manna stuff? And why are we still wearing the same shoes? Even though for 40 years they ain't wore out. Why are we still wearing the same clothes? Even though for 40 years they're not wearing out. But I'm still complaining because I can't recall a blessing, but I can recite a complaint. You got to be careful when your conversation with certain people is only about complaining about what they've already been through. I give you permission to deliver them right there on the spot and tell them, baby, if it happened yesterday, you already through it. Now celebrate. Why in the world am I still going to be down in the dumps? about something that happened yesterday when I'm in a new day. I've already been through that hell, so I'm gonna give him praise because I'm about to go into my heavenly places. Give God a hand clap of praise. Is this okay? I hope so, because dad is probably watching and I don't want to disappoint dad. I I ain't trying to take a vote. I'm just trying to make sure my dad is smiling. My dad is smiling. We all good then. But the mindset, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because so many times we get stuck in trauma. And we don't know how to get out. I was listening to Viola Davis' interview with Oprah. And she said that when she was poor, Meaning she was, she didn't have the OR, she was poor. And they couldn't afford hot water. They couldn't afford a bathroom inside, all these, all these luxuries that, that she can afford now. She couldn't afford it then. And she said, people would just tell her to do better and clean up. And she said, how are you going to tell somebody to do better and clean up when they don't know how? So you got all these traumatized people coming to church now. And the apostle stands up here Sunday and Wednesday and gets on the call on Tuesday and always telling us how we can come out. But do we receive what he's saying? 
because the comparison started off with Jesus and Moses as two leaders that were taking their people out. But the difference in the two was everybody that received the word from either Moses or Jesus would make it out and go in. But everybody who did not receive would not make it. The Bible says that the wilderness was full of corpses. In other words, if I can translate into my own translation, the, the wilderness was full of old mindsets. If the mindset couldn't change, the body dies. Are y'all hearing me? I'm here to tell you, thank you, Lord. I'm here to tell you today, if your mindset doesn't change from that old way of thinking, your body is going to start decaying because you're not feeding it with any hope. And truth be told, you're afraid to feed yourself with hope and a future that God already got for you because you've seen too much disappointment. Mama was disappointed. Daddy was disappointed. Grandmama and great-grandmama and them were disappointed. So how dare I believe I'm going to be better than them? I tell my daughter, you're going to make it. As a single mother, you're going to make it. Mom and dad ain't going to let you fail. You're going to make it. Whatever you need. I hope she ain't watching right now. <laughs> Whatever you need, daddy going to supply. But how would I be a good father if I told my daughter, you on your own now? And you carrying my grandchild around? Baby, no. Right now, them two little angels that we got, they so spoiled that they just dripping sugar. I'm telling you, because I refuse. When my apostle said, don't make your children pay for your past, that's all first lady need to hear. So now they know nothing about days when we couldn't afford stuff. Now all they know is, can I have this? Can I have that? When we going to the store? It's time to go to the store. It was so bad. The three-year-old said, Saturday night, I said, you going to go to the store with grandma? And he said, all right. I said, you don't want to ride with G-Pop no more? All right. Because in his mind, he's not traumatized by the times we took his daddy to the store and couldn't afford to buy a toy. All he know when I walk in the store, I'm looking like this. That G-Pop, that's the one. That's the one right there. He can't even reach it. Don't even know the name of it, but he's going to say, pull it down. That's mine. And he's so smart with it now that, see, you, you ought to get this type of faith. When I give it to him to look at it, he go ahead and throw it in the buggy. He ain't looked at a price. He don't know if it even worked. Does it take batteries? He don't care. I like it. Yep, that's it. Next. But you don't have that kind of faith. Because you're still traumatized by the hell that your mama and them took you through. You still traumatized because daddy said he was going to work and never came home. You still traumatized by all those things. So now you can't enjoy the moment that you're in and you misery loves company. So you're going to make your children pay for what you had to go through. <laughs> Number two, never allow the troubles of today 
to influence you to switch sides. Never allow the troubles of today to influence you to switch sides. Human beings look for comfort more than any other creature. So when we go through the troubles of today, all we're trying to find is a way out. You don't understand. God said that I'll be with you and I will not leave you. I'll be with you until the end of time. And so that means I'll go through the fire with you. I'll go through the lines then with you. But I don't need you walking around looking for a way out. I just need you to acknowledge that I'm in it with you. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me say this. Deuteronomy 31 captured my favorite scripture. And that scripture in Deuteronomy 7 and 8, Moses has to assure Joshua that he is the one. He's the one. And tells him, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to your fathers to give them and you shall cause them to inherit it. But this is what got me. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. When I heard that, I put a pen in it and said, that's my scripture. Because it means it doesn't matter the hell that I go through, God is still with me. Even while my head is down, I look to the side and he's still walking beside me. That causes me to lift up my heads into the hills from which come in my help. All my help coming from the Lord who made heaven and earth. How am I going to fear when the creator's walking with me? Give God some praise. Your creator is walking with you and you got your head down talking about I can't make it. God said, how can you not when I created the world and I created you to succeed in the world? Don't allow the troubles of today to influence you to switch sides. What do you mean, pastor? Because sometimes we go through so much hell, we jump over on hell side. You want to know how? Because you think that people that cut themselves got a problem. They, they mental. They, they, they need to go see a psychiatrist. Baby, when you jump side, you start cutting yourself. How do you cut yourself? I can't make it. I'm not going to make it through this. this. I'm going to have a divorce. I'm going to have bad credit. I'm never going to get a house. Stop cutting yourself. going to be walking with the creator and I'm worried about the next moment y'all don't even understand God has given us an apostle baby when I walk with him through the halls I feel like I can run through truth and leap over walls so you mean to tell me that his heavenly father is walking with me and I'm going to have my head down hell no I'm not going to do it because he's with me and if my daddy said he walks with him and talks with him then daddy he's walking with me he's talking with me I'm not going to switch sides I'm not going to start cutting myself I'm not going to jump on hell's side and start agreeing with the enemy about my demise Do you realize the devil can't do anything to you but make you change your mind? 
And in that very moment that you change your mind, you come into agreement with the enemy, the father of lies. You look like your daddy. Who is your daddy? The father of lies. When you tell yourself you can't make it, when you tell yourself it's not going to get better than this, when you tell yourself I needed them to be able to do this, baby, you don't need nobody but the Lord. I, 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 I didn't want to get personal, but I, I said this last Sunday. I said, I'm tired of pouring my oil out on folks who don't appreciate how much I paid for it. You run in crying to the altar, pastor, just, just pray for me. We done stopped everything to pray for some people. And as soon as the oil dried up, so did they tears. I know that don't happen here, pastor. But I'm saying, I paid too much for my oil. I had too great of a question to just be pouring my oil out on any and everybody for you not to appreciate what I had to go through to get that oil. It took some crushing. It took some squeezing. It took some pouring out. And then you want me to just pour it on you for free? No, baby, we can't do that no more. But I can tell you that the father that walks with me will walk with you. And if you just give him a moment to walk with you, he'll bring you out of that situation all free. I wonder sometimes if we put it in context like the gas prices and show people a sign outside the church and show them how your oil price is going up. Because see, here's the thing. Nobody runs to the gas station with the highest prices. If I ask half of y'all, y'all will pull out that app. Yep, Pastor, I can find one right now. Here's the cheapest on the, on the west side. It's about two miles from here. Yep, and they still open. <laughs> Nobody goes to the gas station with the cheapest gas prices. So outside of the church, I'm proposing we erect a sign to show our oil prices and how they continue to go up and see how many people run in and want to get oil poured on them. not going to get you out of a trauma. Trauma is a mental state. And while you coming in and want the magic potion to be poured on you, it will not happen until your mindset shifts. When I realized my apostle told me face to face, eye to eye, he said, God said, you are the one for Tuscaloosa. God said that I chose the right person. At that moment, no devil in hell could tell me any different. Because my God knew what I needed in that moment. Because every Sunday I was getting up in that pulpit. The members didn't even know. The leaders didn't even know that I was getting up there out of fear. Thinking that when am I going to fail? When is it all going to come to a head? When is it going to close down? When is this thing going to end? Because this is not who I am. Because nobody ever told me that. That's the reason why affirmations are so important because even when somebody else is not telling you how you're going to make it and how good you are, you put it over your own one and read it back to yourself. And don't read it silently, read it out loud for God's sake. 
so that it can enter into your hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you sit in there mumbling it off, how is it going to work? It's your faith that needs to be built up to get you through a traumatizing moment. When my sister called me and she says, we want you to do the eulogy for mama. I didn't hesitate. I said, okay. I said, because if you ask, then that means that God has something in this. And so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it through the tears. I'm going to do it through the shaking. I'm going to do it through the trembling. I'm going to do it through that mindset that this is my mama, but I'm going to do it. And when I stood up in that pulpit, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I had no time to think about who I wasn't because the Holy Spirit was too busy telling me who I am. Most of our problem is we having conversation with the wrong people. If the people in your circle can't tell you how great you are, and I'm not talking about yes men, but if they can't never say nothing good about you, why are they in your circle? You can't never support me on nothing. You can't never buy my products. You don't never like anything I post, but you say you my friend. Why are we talking? Matter of fact, I'm going to unfollow you tonight. And I'm not just talking about on social media. I'm talking about in life. Because our problem is in real life, we've been following around folks that don't mean us no good, trying to get them back. I know sooner or later, they're going to change their mind. They really do like me. They may talk nasty to me, but they really do like me. Stop following fools. The Bible said when the blind lead the blind, both of them fall in the ditch. Why are you looking for a ditch digger to be your friend? I got one more point in six minutes. Number three, the lack of endurance today will cause a lifetime of unrest. The lack of endurance today will cause a lifetime of unrest. Today is the only time we have. Yesterday is gone. It's a memory. Tomorrow is not promised to you. All you have is this moment. So we use that passage of scripture. It says on the day that you, you hear the Lord's voice, harden not your heart. And we used to stand up there in front of the church and we used to recite that. We didn't know what it meant. But we would recite that. Will there be one? Will, will there be one? The kingdom of the Lord only has room for one. Will there be one? Because we didn't understand what it was saying. What it was telling us, when you hear the Lord's voice, let it be more audible in your ear than the voice of doubt and unbelief. Because in the day that you make an irrational decision may be the day that you shut the door to your kingdom of heaven on earth. Ask Moses what happened to him. God said, I need you to go and speak to the rock. And Moses got so frustrated by the ones around him that Moses said, I'm just going to slap the rock. And then what he didn't realize on that day, it shut the door to the promised land for him. God said, I will let you see it, but you won't go in it. I'll call you home to be with me, but you won't go in the land with him. 
because you can't lead people when you can't obey. It was no doubt God loved Moses. God called him with all his inabilities and made provision for his inabilities. But when Moses became disobedient, God said, I no longer have a use for you here on earth. So I have to call you home now because if you don't get the right attitude, the right mindset, you're going to be a corpse in the wilderness with the rest of them. So thus, he had to go to his servant Joshua. Now, when God went to Moses telling him about Joshua, Joshua did not have time to prepare. And what Moses was addressing in him was the trauma that he had already saw. Y'all better listen to me. Because Joshua understood Moses had to deal with coming down off the mountain with the glory of God on him, seeing them worship a calf and having all kind of sexual activity. And, and then they were disobedient. They were always crying for water or manna or something. And he said, now you want me to lead these people. So God said, before I have you to leave Moses, first I need you to minister to the one that's going to take your steed. He said, I need you to tell him for me, I'm going to be with him like I was with you. So in other words, God said, I want you to understand one thing, Joshua. I'm going to erase the trauma from your past. When you went treading off into the land that was promised to you with the other 12 spies and you came back with a good report, I don't want you to get discouraged because they didn't believe your report. Who report shall you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. So he had to tell Joshua, now is your time. In other words, he was telling Joshua, you are the one. When he tells Joshua that, he tells Joshua, he said, I want you to understand that I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And matter of fact, I've already gone ahead of you. Now, let me tell you what that breaks down to. What God was telling Joshua, God told Joshua, he said, your future is already prepared. Your past is already done. All I need you to do in this day is believe what I said. He said, I don't need you to doubt me that they're going to treat you the same way they treated Moses. He said, here's a little bit of information. It wasn't Moses that they were doing that way, but Moses took it personal. Too many of y'all are taking stuff personal, what people are doing to God and not you. And in that season that you become bitter in your heart trying to get somebody back, God said, you're no longer any earthly good. So now I need to call you home. So everything that was in your body now begins to manifest as a disease. And you wonder, why did the cancer come back? Why did the leukemia come back? Why did all these diseases come back on me? Why is my blood pressure so high? Because something is manifesting in the physical that happened in the spiritual. And now it's being seen in you for what you're really doing in the spirit realm. So while we're sitting there having prayer means over the fact that the diagnosis was bad, what we don't understand is, is that God is only making judgment on that person who could not obey him in the earth. Somebody better listen to me. So he told Joshua, I don't need you to become disobedient. I don't need you to be slapping the rock when I said speak to it. I don't need you to speak to the rock when I said slap it. I don't need you to sit there and have concession with the people. What I need you to do, I need you to make up your mind today as to what you're going to do. I love what Joshua said, ask for me in my house. See, some of y'all ought to get that kind of attitude right now. Ask for me in my house. 
It may have been hell out there in the street, but as for me and my house, I know I had to go through some stuff, but as for me and my house, I know my children may not be home yet, but as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I don't care if I don't see it manifest today. I'm going to serve the Lord. I don't care if my children get strung out. I'm going to serve the Lord because I'd rather be walking with the Lord in the cool of the day rather than listen to my enemy tell me what I'm missing out on. If you know God got a future and a hope for you, stand on your feet and give God praise in this place. Hallelujah. God said I got a future and I got a hope for you all you got to do is make up your mind this day that's the reason why the day that you hear this word it don't mean this word the day that you hear this word harden at your heart because soon as your heart get hard everything hard comes out of your mouth Talk to somebody who is damaged goods and listen what comes out of their mouth. Nothing but hurt. That meant somewhere along the way, they stopped believing the word of the Lord and started believing what people said about them. You'll never get married again. You'll never have a career. Your business will never take off. Your children will never be nothing. The devil is a lie. Because as long as I walk with God, then he's obligated to take care of my house while I'm doing work in his house. So I don't worry about what's going on in my house right now because I'm doing the work of the Lord. So that means for my children, my children got to come back. That means for my grandchildren, there's a future already planned for them. For the generation that hasn't been born yet, there's a future and a hope for you. If you know that God got a future and a hope for your seed, something you birthed out of your belly, give God a praise in this place. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! They can put me through some hell, but they can't take my hallelujah. They may have traumatized me, but they're not gonna keep me in trauma. I'm gonna be like Samson when his hair started growing back. Just get me to the position, and I'm just gonna push one more time. If you got one more push in you, give God a hallelujah in this place. Over in the Birmingham area, we'd love to see you. Stop by because everyone is welcome at Refresh Family Church. It's full of friendly people, a warm atmosphere, and a powerful word. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. or our empowerment service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're located at 117 12th Court Northwest in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you soon at Refresh. Want to find out more about Apostle Stephen A. Davis? Well, log on because StephenADavis.org is now live. That's right. Log on to StephenADavis.org now and you can find out all about him. Watch live broadcasts and get all the information you need at StephenADavis.org. Available on all platforms. Log on today. Refresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. At Refresh Family Church, we're more than just a church. We're a nation. To find out more, log on to StephenADavis.org. We'll see you next time.